Live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer, the most fun you're going to have Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. We are broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan, the home of Adafruit, where we make and manufacture and tutorialize and photograph and video all of your favorite electronic parts and tutorials and more. And we have a jam-packed show, one hour of all the electronic maker, hacker, creator news you can possibly handle. I, I can't wait to get into it. we got so much going on. Um, kicking off this march strong. Let's uh, get yes. this show on the road. Mr. Lady Ada, what is on tonight's show? On tonight's show, we are still opening safe. We're still wearing masks and more. Um, we'll talk about our open safely plans and more and all the things that are going on. But we are shipping your orders. Our team entire, uh, entire team thanks you. So thanks for keeping us in biz. Coming up on a year of this. Still talk about that. Yes. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. We do talk about who's on the show and tell and what they shared. Time travel, look around world makers, hackers, artists, engineers. This week we have jobs on uh, job on the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com. Got some Python on hardware news. Have some made in New York City factory footage and more. 3D printing speed up. We have DigiKey native fruit present INMPI. This week is going to be from ProAnt. New products. Got some top secret. We can answer your questions. We do that over in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 20,000, 27,000 of us now. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all that and more on, you guess it, Ask an Engineer. Yes. Okay. All right. Well. It's um, you and me. We're doing the show. Yeah. First up, like I said, um, you know, we're still open. We're still chipping. Um, looks like uh, we're through a big chunk of what this pandemic is going to be. It's like most people are agreeing. Yeah, that, I hope so. Yeah, there'll be there'll be some stops and starts. There'll be some uh, ups and downs, some bumps in the road. Different states do different things. Um, but even in New York now, the emphasis is on getting vaccinated. Um, and then I'd say, like, figuring out what's open, how many, yeah. and what things are coming next. So it seems yeah. like the page is getting turned on those things. So um, thanks for uh, keeping us safe. Everyone uh, at Adafruit who works there, um, we have some good protocols. We managed to keep our team safe as best we could over the last year, and then also um, all the orders that we've been shipping out. Uh, yes, we've been able to do it. Yeah, so we'll see how the next few months go. Last year in March, we were um, shut down. All businesses were shut down in New York, and we were manufacturing essential goods for yeah. ventilators, for PPE. I mean, it was yeah, it was it was not it was boring. That's it was for a lot, sure. and uh, we also didn't have a lot of information time yeah so um we think that you know we'll probably all start to see um like we could even tell from our sales like more schools are reopening more schools are buying electronics um our numbers are good compared to last year because last year there was a lot of things that started like in february basically um yeah so to slow down a little yeah started to there was like weird supply issues there was a lot of stuff that was happening it was like clearly there was something going on that's when we made our preparations to figure out how we were going to get through which could potentially be the next year or so um so anyhow, uh, so that's what's going on right now, and um, stuff that we do when you place an order to reward y'all out there. Um, the easy one is just anything that's over a dollar in the U.S. We have our hundred days of masking up. Mm-hmm. We are, let's see, uh, halfway through, yeah. Yeah, just about, and um, it's one of the things we want to do. So we toss in a mask, and uh, you know, save it, give it to a friend, wear it yourself. Um, and those go in each order. That's right. Also, 
We also have other freebies. So $99 or more, you get a free Proto half-size breadboard, perfect for taking your solderless breadboard projects and making them permanent. At $149 or more, sorry, over there, you get a free STEM QT board. We have an assortment of about 25 different boards we'll pick from to send you. If you make an account, you'll get a different STEM QT board every time. We got sensors, accelerometers, and breakouts, and controllers, and GPIO expanders, and all that good stuff. Um, $199 or more, you get a free, uh, sorry, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continent of the United States. Uh, so it's high quality trackable shipping, um, perfect for when you want to make sure you get your thing. We're still seeing some delays with USPS uh, Postal. Um, so if you do use that, just, just be aware it's got more delays than uh, UPS, which is uh, getting back on track. And then $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express. Our all-in-one development board uh, that's got LEDs and buttons and sensors and capacitive touchpads. It's a great way to program in Arduino, CircuitPython, Code.org, CS Discovery, Rust, what have you. Uh, pretty much everything is supported and there's no soldering required. You just jump right in and start making. So it's perfect for beginners. Okay. Next up we have Show and Tell. Show and Tell we do every single week. We need to know who's on the show until this week and what they share. I'm glad you asked. We had we had a lot of people uh, come by, which is cool. A lot of people from the community, a lot of people from Adafruit. Uh, kicked it off with Kevin from DigiKey. Uh, he just got his Pico RP2040, put Circuit Python on it, and got some NeoPixels glowing. So he said it was the easiest uh, Circuit Python slash microcontroller project he's worked on, and he's he's excited to see how 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 good a combo of Raspberry Pi hardware and Adafruit firmware is together. That's uh, my favorite. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Raspberry jam and peanut butter. Whatever. You got it. Uh, we also had from the Adafruit team, Erin. Uh, she published a shadow box guide today. This is cool. It's like a, a scenery uh, shadow box that um, knows what time it is. And it displays like the sunrise and sunset. And during the day, it's light. And at night, it's, uh, it's got like, you know, sparkly stars sort of effect uh, using a mag tag and some neopixels. JP I did an epic guide. If you ever wanted to make your own keyboard and you were scared, like, how do you do it? Uh, do you have to learn EagleCAD or KiCad? No, you can do it in fritzing with a Pico and, um, you know, Cherry MX switches. Uh, he shows you how to make any kind of custom keyboard you want up to, I think, like 26 keys. Uh, so you got a lot of options there um, for pretty big keyboards uh, without having to do any, um, you know, matrixing or uh, multiplexing or diodes or anything. Uh, so check it out. Great for making little macro keypads. Um, you can get PCBs now for like five, ten bucks a piece. It's awesome. Uh, so take advantage of that. Check out Fritzing for a very easy way to make your very first PCB. And then come show and tell and, and bring it by. Show, show it off. Uh, Jeplayer also published a guide, a beginner guide to PIO, which is the RP2040 like state machine system. Uh, we have an assembler in CircuitPython, so you can really easily get started with learning PIO without having to build uh, your tool chain up or, or compiling things. You can do it all in CircuitPython for that instant feedback loop. Uh, it takes you from blinking an LED, sorry, turning on an LED to blinking an LED to um, writing NeoPixel data out. So it's a, it's a beginner guide, and then you can look at the Raspberry Pi PIO tutorials um, and books that they've written and PDFs to learn more about PIO. And then before you know it, you're, you're bit-banging HDMI. Uh, Melissa came by with a micro kinback. This is a computer from the 70s that you would program by pushing buttons and like, looking at the LEDs. Um, so this is a remake. She's done a video on her YouTube. Uh, check it out. Noah Pedro previewed uh, this coming ne this week's, next week's 
uh, 3D Hangouts project. It's the MIDI Fighter collab with Noah Pedro and Liz. So you know it's got that music, it's got that 3D printing, it's got a Pico, it's got LED buttons. Uh, it's a really fun build. It's got like a cool handle. Um, I think it'll be a fun project for DJs or, or just people who want to just press arcade buttons and, and make music go. It's also got a, a cool OLED display built into it. Um, so the, there's a preview guide is coming uh, next week. Scott has been uh, working also on some back-end stuff for the RP2040 and CircuitPython, defining every single SPI non-volatile memory chip, you know, MRAM or FRAM or QSPI flash, and, and defining the little differences between them so that we can make sure that we can support any chip in a CircuitPython, especially for the RP2040, which has a very particular way of configuring chips. Um, for those of you who are like working with execute in place code and you're like, that's right, every chip is a little bit different and it's really annoying, check out this project. You might find it handy. We're hoping that it gets included in a lot of different people's projects as like a, a database of all the different chips available and their configuration differences. Um, Lucien made a Dynamixel feather wing. If you have Dynamixel motors and you've got feathers and you want to combine them, check it out. I just finished and published uh, his Dynamixel feather wing, so it'll be cool. Chris Young uh, is always working on cool accessibility technology projects. Uh, this time taking the configuration files that we used in Arcada, pulled out all that stuff, the, the mass storage for Arduino, the JSON stuff um, for um, uh, Arduino, and made it so that Arduino projects could be configured with um, uh, by plugging them into a computer, shows up as a disk drive, and then um, uh, changing the, the JSON file on the fly. Uh, they also uh, worked on with Bill a Cutie Pie hat for Raspberry Pi that turns it into a little GPIO expander and remote. Uh, Micah uh, made a MIDI controller, learning how to DJ and has an old DJ controller but wants like more buttons and stuff. Uh, so using a, a Raspberry Pi Pico, made of like a fully featured MIDI controller with a potentiometers and buttons and all that good stuff. So like, um, I love all these HID and MIDI projects. Um, Inne uh, had a soft robotics project. It was cool, it was like this inflating silicone blob. Um, looked like a lie that had like LEDs behind it. It was for a, a, an installation. Uh, hopefully we'll get some video of this project because it was cool. Also using a Raspberry Pi Pico. Love, love all these projects. People are taking like low cost Mac controllers and building with, and uh, they used PIO as well. And then uh, Mark came by and showed off their very first DIY PCB for a temperature sensor. Okay, it's part of our interview <laughs> live series of shows. If you're watching this right now, it's Wednesday, p.m. Moscow Engineer. That's right. We just did show and tell, 7.30, but these are shows on Wednesdays. Uh, Desk of Lady Ada was on Sunday. Lady Ada, you showed off a bunch of stuff. I think the uh, biggest chunk of the segment was about this module. Yeah, we got we got some samples of, I think, the BG95 and EG95 Quectel cellular modules. Um, we also showed off, oh my goodness, what did we show? I think we showed off the ESP32S2QT yeah. Pie uh, design that I made. And... Else did I show? There's a few other things. I think we shut off the Maybe the, the Trinky. The Trink oh the Neo Trinky. And I think I even I did another preview of the um Feather RP twenty forty because we were about to ship. So yeah. uh lots of good stuff happening on Desk Lady Ada. You can you basically it's a hole into my mind. It's like what am I working on? Yeah. Watch the show. Then
we do the great search for DigiKey, where Lady Ada uses all her powers for good and um, find stuff on DigiKey. So what did you? Um, I believe it was a, it was the Wi-Fi antennas, right? Yeah. This week, yeah. So it, we showed uh, a Wi-Fi antenna that I was designing for the ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie. Um, no, sorry, sorry, that was last week. Okay, what day no, is it? was the antenna that um, we did. Forget what I said, sorry. We, did, we were doing... It Sam, was a SAMD21. We SAMDs. It was right. a SAMD21 E18. So people who want to use SAMD21... It's, it's been a month. For people who want to use a SAMD... Like, well, I also named the file Ant, so I thought it was yeah, antenna yeah. too. No, because we have the antenna. Okay, yeah. so, yes, hi. Um, if, for people who want to include the SAMD21 into their boards, I show you how, how to spec the different kinds of SAMD21s. I sometimes use the G18, sometimes the E18, but I've also seen people use like, you know, the, the J9, J19 you can use, um, or even the E15. What do all these numbers and letters mean? I, I take you through how to decode the part number, uh, the differences you're gonna find between them and why you might uh, end up picking an industrial temperature instead of commercial temperature uh, if the parts are in stock. Also my favorite package of all time, yeah. QFN. All right, and if you wanna learn about antennas, that was a week before. Sorry about that, yes, mm -hmm. week before we did antennas. And we also have, and we also have pro ants. We have antennas today too. I this know. is the theme. Tonight's theme is ants. antennas. I mean, they're ants. They get into everything. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, GP's product pick of the week is every Tuesday, and on this Tuesday, here is a one-minute snippet. Uh, show up next week, same time, same place on Tuesdays, um, and you can get a live stream from product page and a discount just for that time. the TSL 2591. It is a high dynamic range light sensor and I've got it plugged in over the Stemma QT cable to this uh, Metro ESP32. What I'm showing is the total lux. If I take a pretty powerful flashlight and point this at the light, uh, I'm gonna jump up to around 300, 400 lux. Okay, what's the difference between this flashlight and let's say the sun? So I've positioned a little hand mirror uh, outside. And you can see my, my hand here kind of blowing out. I'm gonna take the meter uh, and lift that up and put that in the sun. And you can see now we're at around 30,000 lux. That's my product pick. It's the TSL 2591 HDR, high dynamic range light sensor. Okay, and on Thursday is JP's workshop. So you'll be able to see that then. Uh, let's do some uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. So. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. So we, you know, we haven't been doing discounts, but we do have like the live shows where we do discounts. And this is live. And then this is live. There's not a discount right now, but. But. There is availability of the feather. RP twenty forty. RP twenty forty. Right now, the second. Yes. So. I totally didn't forget to do it right before the show. I meant to wait until now to do it. Yeah. But so, check it out. I put in a max of. Yeah, it's under the what's new. Oh, you can do RP twenty four. Yeah. There you go. It's in stock. Max across for two. Yeah. So let me um. You want screen quick screen share? Yeah. So it's here. Yeah. There you go. It. Yeah. It's in stock. In stock. You can get it now. You can get it now. And I um, made max two per customer because I want to make sure that I I don't know anyone who would want you know more than a hundred, but. Uh, yeah, we didn't want to yeah, have Yeah, make sure enough for everybody. Okay, so that's in the store just right now. That's our breaking news. Beep, 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 Okay, for those. For those who are in the now. Okay, let's continue to go on. Okay. 
So let's do some time travel. Time travel. Things that are going on right now in the world of Adafruit and more. We get two things. Uh, just one is a reminder. Adabox going to be shipping in April. Adabox April. Yep. So um, we have a few slots open, but go to adabox.com right now. Sign up. We will run out. I guarantee we will run out. Yeah. That's slots. So sign up if you want it. And then jobs were jobs this week. Uh, another one just got posted. This is a physical role in um, New York or California. So New York City or Bay Area. A lead like instructor. Jobs, yeah, yeah, lead instructor for on-site program and instructor for on-site program. So uh, each place. Blue, Blue Stamp, Stamp Engineering. Blue Stamp Engineering. Check them out. Um, and then also check out the jobs on jobs.adafruit.com if you want a job or if you have your skills that you want to post up. It's a good way to do it too. All right. So that was our um, that was our breaking news that we had. Yeah. Um, what I thought I would do is um, just let folks know in the chat who are just uh, getting this now. I uh, will put the URL. So, yeah, these are going to go really fast. Well, we did so. a very small run to start because we always do a small run to kind of get the manufacturing going, you know, get our yield, test procedures. You know, I, I folks who, who do electronics know it's like your first run is when you want to debug things, uh, find out what goes wrong. So um, we're going to do more. Don't worry. We have parts to make many thousands. Uh, it's just we don't have those in stock right now if we run out because, like, you're not watching this live right now or whatever. Um, sign up, and I, I promise you, we have a lot of parts. We are going to make a lot. We will have enough for everybody. Um, but get them now. Um, but if you could get them now, I would get them now. <laughs> yeah. And so um, this may be one of the things that we're going to do is, like, we recover, and then, like, um, we bring back maybe discount codes for some of the live shows and more. Um, but what we can do right now is there is scarcity and exclusivity because you're watching this live show and thank you community so we want to do that I want to, yeah i want to give people who watch the show you you do you, there is sometimes you get things right there's there's little benefits uh and especially yeah. when there is uh, a high desirability item and it turns out the timing is good i i put it in right before the show yeah. or in the middle of the show so on anyways, purpose. thanks folks we'll keep trying to do like fun stuff like this so okay. there you get go get your yanky hands yeah next up let's do some python on hardware news okay speaking of Okay, okay, big news. Um, 70 single board computers now support CircuitPython. That's right. Um, if you want to uh, check Nine out pies, Tom's hardware, Scott, lead, lead developer yeah. on CircuitPython, he was on Tom's hardware. And then they did a separate story about Scott being on there, and they're like, hey, CircuitPython might just run on a Raspberry Pi. So yeah, he were, did He did leak his idea, which is he wants CircuitPython to yeah. run raw on the because we have, Broadcom chip. Yeah, we have Blinka, which is basically like libraries. Linux, yeah. And it's like, you know, CircuitPython for Linux. And then being able to, like, treat a Raspberry Pi as a microcontroller is an interesting idea. Well, the I mean, the Pi 400 would be an amazing, like, you know, little tote, a CircuitPython board. Uh, I, you know, I get it. I see why uh, this is a, it's a fun idea. Um, but check it out. I mean, I think it's a, it was a really good roundtable. I listened in. Um, they talked about CircuitPython, about Blinka, RP2040, yeah. about like what's what's coming next, right? A lot of people are, you know, I think there is a lot of excitement for this year. I think, like you said, people are like, they, they want to have stuff happen. They're like, they're ready to, to do stuff again. Um, I think like the whole world has that feeling right now. And so this was, a, it was a really cool, positive uh, video chat. Yeah. 
So 70 single-board computers now support CircuitPython. That was our big news. Blink can bring CircuitPython API and CircuitPython libraries to single-board computers. Uh, another milestone, 2,000 people in our CircuitPython subreddit. Thanks yep. to everybody who's there. Um, we try to cover, like, greater... Python news? Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, Blinka, it runs on CPython. So yeah. we are, I'm always interested in what's going on with Python in general. Um, and it's interesting. It's like, what what does the, you know, I, I have my own opinions about Python, but I want to hear about what other people think. So, so yeah, uh, some survey results came in from 2020. 85% main language for secondary language. Um, why do they like it? Simple syntax, easy to learn. Syntactic sugar. Um, Python experience, 28% of folks have been using it for three to five years. So anyways, check it out. That's from the Python Foundation mm -hmm. and JetBrains. Raspberry Pi turned Turn nine. nine. Yeah, mm -hmm. and actually Engadget just turned 17. Wow. I was second authored Engadget oh my seven, God. 17 years ago. It can drive. <laughs> yeah. Is Engadget still around? Engadget, yeah. Okay. Engadget is around. Um, I was doing... Um, Writing at Popular Science, I think. Oh, they're still writing. I think I was, yeah, I think I was senior editor at Popular Science, and Pete Rojas was visiting Microsoft. I was there in an event, and it wasn't even, the site wasn't even really released, and he was going through some names, and he was asking me what I thought about Engadget. I'm like, oh, that's a good name. Um, he had left Gizmodo, or was leaving Gizmodo back during the blog wars. Yeah. Um, I lost my grandmother to the blog wars. <laughs> it was Nick Denton versus Jason Calcanis. So, wow, you, you can, the, every, no matter who dies, you win, right? <laughs> so, um, so anyways, uh, that was 17 years ago yeah. uh, for Engadget. And then Hackaday, I started when I was doing stuff with Engadget. That's like 30, it's the 14 years now? How is that? That is 15? a 16-year-old because it was pretty fast. Oh, man, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, it's still around. It's, it's going strong. Yeah, and then um, other, you know, other anniversaries, Raspberry Pi, nine years ago, totally transformed the way we were doing a company in electronics and more. Um, no, we were, I, we we got into it. We I, I jumped on it real fast. I'm like, this is cool. There was a lot of scarcity for the Raspberry Pi when it came out, so we decided to do something completely different. Instead of trying to hoard them and try to sell them and disappoint people, we just had it so if you order three hundred dollars or more on our site, you get a Raspberry Pi. So that was that was that was unique and weird and interesting, and uh, a lot of people did it. Yeah. So it was good. Worked out. So happy birthday, Raspberry Pi. Um, we were thinking about talking about like the Chumbi at the time, and that was we, we the did first. The Chumbi. Yeah, yeah, that and, was like the first. The that was the first like Linuxy thing that we were like, okay, this is this is where it's going, and then Raspberry Pi kind of. You, you can still that. see my learn guide on the Chumbi. I was like, okay, here's how to connect an accelerometer to the I squared C port. I mean, it was pre Blinka, but it was like the idea was still there. It was like, how can we, um, you know. How can we use Linux sort of like an Arduino, like a microcontroller, right? And um, I think it was, it's a, it's a powerful idea. You know, it's actually interesting. So here, like, I'm going to give people a story. So there was, you know, an open hardware slash Arduino summit. And it was, like, around nine years ago. Because I remember, like, the Raspberry Pi had just come out. And I remember that folks were sitting around and were like, what's the future of Arduino? And I remember, it wasn't me. But somebody said Raspberry Pi, like the idea of a, a Linux computer um, being able to do all the things that an Arduino can do is, is the future. And I think we actually turned out to be, it is the future, but it also, it's shared, right? I mean, Arduino is now, it's from like 15 years ago. Um, but I think it's, it's great for people. Some folks use Arduino, some people use Raspberry Pi. It's good to have you know, multiple options. Um, 
and especially now with a circuit python i'm trying to combine the two but you can see my uh linux australia uh, linux australia conference talk 2021 and i i go through all this in about 45 minutes okay um other stuff don't forget tomorrow scott is doing his deep dive circuit python all about tunnel News around the web. Uh, JP stream is tomorrow, but you can see some of the things that he's been working on, especially specifically CircuitPython stuff. Ooh, Cascade, um, those videos got posted. Check them out. Yeah, Deborah had some of um, her works and more um, using CircuitPython and PyCascade's presentation. Sony is doing a webinar on April 8th. They bumped it a month. Had a program a microcontroller using CircuitPython. You can check out all the things that Sony's up to. It's kind of cool. Sony's adopted CircuitPython for their Sony's presence board. Um, you can... Uh, lots of stuff going on in the world of MicroPython and CircuitPython with Pico, Pico. projects. So this is a galloping horse animation on the Pico using CircuitPython. This is a QDPI USB media knob and uh, rotary encoder that's using CircuitPython. Um my guy's streaming. He's doing streams. Check yeah, him. that was a cool um, library pull request and development of the uh, LoRa radio project stuff that's going on. And uh, this project was cool. So this BTC thing. So I found this. So there's a person on Etsy selling Matrix Portal. Like Ada Box is basically kitted up with like you know Bitcoin or whatever. Like you know Wall Street bets a meme stock on it. I just thought that was cool. It's like neat. There and they even say like you can configure this really easily. You just it plugs in and you change a disk like a, a file on the disk to change what yeah. uh, whether you want Ethereum or you want. Dogecoin or you want, you know, what, what stock ticker number you want. And I thought it was neat to see like Etsy, right? This crafting making site selling completed circuit Python projects. I don't know. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was cool. It's like, it's, this it's is, that easy to use. So there's lots of bad things about this pandemic. <laughs> there is. Really? <laughs> and there's lots of bad things about okay. it. And one of the bad things about it is some of the things that you used to do, you don't get to do anymore. So, if I were to write an article about CircuitPython or Python on hardware, just like I used to back in the day of yeah, yeah, yeah. other things, and you know, right now there's Adafruit Razor Focus. No, we, we can't do anything. So else, you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't write some of the articles about this thing that's been happening in the world of electronics. You can, I think, right now your choice is either do it or or write about it. You can't like do both, at least not for me. So one of the things I would talk about yeah. is this was one of my tests a long time ago on how I would talk about electronics. Yeah. So back in the day when I was at Make, one of the things I used to say, and this was when Make and Etsy were the same size and we were in like... No, they were room, in the same building. We were in the same building together. <laughs> and I said, once the makers... Well, I was like, once the makers are using electronics from the maker world in their Etsy store sales to power things that they're just selling, they're not going to... They're not selling electronics and how to write code. They're selling animatronic things or signs or something that is, you know, it's more considered a, a handcraft that's not yeah. an electronics. Etsy wasn't an electronics marketplace. Although I did try to do make.etsy.com, other side story. But one of the bits of success is if you're making a technology yeah. that allows artists to put electronics into something, that's when you know you did a good job. So Arduino had some of that success. And now like as we bring Python to hardware, you're seeing that now. If someone's using your, in this case, CircuitPython, idea of like, oh, just plug it in, it shows up as a drive, and that's where you configure stuff. And you don't even need to know how to code, but it's powerful enough where it could just be used like that. You did a good job. So I thought that was neat. And that would be an article 
I would write, you know, Python is coming to the craft world and coming to the world where you need to power it with electronics, but what is the programming language that you would ever use? How would you do this? Yeah. So anyways, it's cool. Turns out matrix portals. That's how you know. That's, that's, cool. how, you, that's how you know it worked out. All right. Um, also, got some plotting libs. Thanks, thanks for the contribution. Uh, get CircuitPython, MicroPython plotting. This is an yeah. interesting. Embed did a um, questionnaire, and it's very Embed-focused, but it did have some interesting stuff because it divided up, um, you know, academic, hobbyist, and professional and asked, like, the, it, it shows some of the differences. I thought it, there was some interesting stuff, uh, even for folks who are not using Embed um, within the... Um, the, the, the embed ecosystem where they're using microcontrollers. Uh, very interesting stuff. So check out the um, developer survey. And they had a lot of responses too, which okay. is a big community. You can check out some of the new hardware. This is a Pimeroni Tiny uh, 2040 board. Well, this Circuit Python. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got, got a lot of RP24. So we're going to see a couple months of this yeah. as, as folks get so many. Um, yeah, but this is another thing too. It's like if you're going to um, have a product like Kibo with a Pico, um, what's the easiest thing to use? And happens to be CircuitPython. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. All right. So we've got some projects. mag tags. So if this is needed, LCAR is for e-ink. Check out our AR app. Um, full color POV display with a PyPico and Dotstar LED tape. Um, and then uh, Twitch stream, playing around with new hardware and CircuitPython, a MIDI interface, and uh, a Cytron Maker Pi Pico. It's got everything built into it. It says everything. Okay. And we have some coming soon we're going to be talking about soon on and our show. Some more projects, updates. 302 libraries. And with that is your Python Harbor News this week. Okay, Lady, we have 2,028 guides. That's how we prove I know. we're an open source company. So much open source hardware. Let's talk about the guides. So we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. I have to actually change the text at the top because it's not just new guides. It's new and updated guides, but I like to, to talk about the updated yeah. guides. Uh, we updated uh, the Raspberry Pi Pico Getting Started guide. Um, I, just before the show, I think we probably added links to um, the new PIO uh, Learn guide that I'll talk about in a second. Um, the shadow box uh, with internet uh, internet clock with NeoPixel visualizations. We talked about that. We also have a little video we'll show shortly. That's from Erin. Uh, she used a mag tag as a Wi-Fi clock, um, which is great on its own. And then it controls NeoPixels to uh, make the display match um, the outside uh, uh, colors and, and uh, sunrise and sunset and, and nighttime effects. So it's kind of like a little window into the outside. Um, Card in this project. Uh, so we have these gas sensors, and um, I was reading an article in the New York Times about uh, folks who have reduced sense of smell because they've got COVID, and, and sometimes it takes a while for it to recover. And somebody in, who that was being interviewed said it, they're scared of drinking milk because they can't tell if the milk has gone bad. And I said, we can solve this with science. So Carter actually even shows a scientific experiment he went through using a clue and one of our gas sensors, um, and you can really easily detect when milk has gone sour. Uh, and so you can make a, you know, this is a good science project for kids, but also if you want to, you know, you have maybe congenital anosmia or uh, just want maybe something in your fridge to tell you when your milk has gone bad so you don't have to smell it, um, you can build your own uh, milk freshness checker. And it's got this cute cow uh, that tells you whether your milk is, uh, is good to drink or a little suspicious or definitely no good. Uh, Jeff Epler also, uh, 
wrote a guide about using PIO, that's the state machine system in CircuitPython, um, so you can do like the really quick iteration. Uh, we wrote an assembler in Python, so you don't have to recompile your PIO code. You can like write the code in CircuitPython, save it, and it runs immediately. So if you're interested in learning PIO, this actually might be a really fast way to get started because uh, you don't have to worry about your tool chain. And then uh, JP did this like epic, epic project, um, really was, so far one of my favorite guides of the year, making your very own circuit board, your first circuit board using fritzing. It's okay if you've never done a circuit before, board before, uh, even tells you how to send out the boards to Oshpark or JLC PCB to get them back and build your own custom macro key, uh, keypad. Um, you can customize it again however you want, add potentiometers, add LEDs, buttons, sensors, whatever, but a great project. I know people love making their own macro uh, keypads. Uh, it's a great starter project and the Pico makes it really easy to solder it right on. And uh, then we have a couple other updated guides. Um, display guide got updated uh, with some, we have some new text updates and uh, some more um, debugging info for Raspberry Pi Zero headless quick start guide, get people who have confused Pi Zeros back up and running. Okay, and then I'm going to play the little shadow box video. Yes. Make a custom shadow box with animated NeoPixel lights and an Adafruit MagTag. The Wi-Fi enabled MagTag animates the pixels in a slowly shifting color palette that sets off your artwork. We've taken this project a step further with a Wi-Fi data feed that changes the color palette based on the time of day. Each day at sunset and sunrise, the colors will slowly shift through glorious purples and oranges before blending to a starry sky at night or a sunny day in the morning. We'll show you how to take your favorite photographs and transform them into a vector image that can be cut on a vinyl cutter. Customize the size to fit your Shadowbox frame and plug your NeoPixel strip into your MagTag. Cut out your design on a vinyl cutter, then stack the layers to create the Shadowbox effect. See the full build tutorial with sample code and sample files on the Adafruit Learning System. The link is in the comments. Thanks for watching, and remember to subscribe for more fun Adafruit projects. And next up, some main New York City factory footage. Well, guess what we made this week?
And there's a tester. Mm, is RTC tester? SPI flash. Mm, it's like more PCBs. This is a, our original, before we did STEM IQT, this was actually what STEM was going to look like. This was our first idea for like a plug and play board. And we thought yeah. like, oh, maybe we'd have alligator clips on it. Lot, lots of iteration here at Adafruit. And it would be made New York City factory footage without a sunset. Here's New York. It's like a shadow box, but, but real. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I like nice night lighting. And they're still building the Disney building across the street from Adafruit. Check it away. They're going to find Vision's body somewhere down there. Look at him go. Go, 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 go. All right. So we got some 3D printing this week. We have one video, one speed up. Yep. So take it away. Yeah, Pedro. Okay, and 3D Hangouts is every single week at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can learn how to make all this stuff and more with Noah Peter. That's right. All right, Lady Data, okay. let's uh, do this. DigiKey and Adafruit present... All right, this week's INMPI is from ProAnt. ProAnt. Ooh, Pro Antennas from ProAnt. This is the first time we featured them. And um, they have this antenna that I saw in digikey.com slash new, which I always recommend everybody check out. There's a new couple new sensors that just popped in today. Uh, so the this is the, I'm going to get the part number totally correct. It is the Pro OB607 onboard SMD uh, 2400 stamped antenna. It looks like this big chunk of stamped metal. Uh, there's also an eval board that comes with it. It's kind of just like the antenna with this, an SMA connector on the back, so you can use it to evaluate uh, this antenna. It has a couple capacitors as well. Um, you're wondering, hey, you know, ProAnt, that sounds like familiar, right? Like, where, where have I heard that? Where have I heard that? No, it's uh, not the name of the Professional um, Ant Farmer Association. It's uh, a technology that's also licensed and on the back of the Raspberry Pi, right? So you see here on the back of this Pi Zero, it says, uses the antenna technology license from ProAnt. Um, and if we go across uh, on the other side, you're like, well, I don't see that metal antenna. Um, that's because the antenna that they license is actually like a PCB design. And it's like this thing, this like, uh, you know, line with the ground plane and then this like kind of cool triangular shape uh, with a couple passive components, like a very inexpensive antenna. Um, and it works really well. I mean, we've actually seen this on a couple of Raspberry Pi products. Uh, so this is cool to see, like they, they're like doing really cutting edge antenna technology. 
Um, so, you know, they, not only do they have the stamped antenna, but if you are doing a PCB and you're doing a lot of them and you want a very low cost antenna that, you know, I think is probably smaller and gives you better results than an inverted F, um, although I don't know for sure. I didn't, I, I don't, didn't look at the licensing documentation, but I assume it must be better because otherwise they wouldn't be using it. Um, check out ProAnt for uh, licensing um, antenna technology. Um, so you're also wondering, uh, you know, kind of this like bent wire antenna thing. Where have I seen that before? You probably saw it on the back of the Pi Portal Pint because we use U-Blocks modules. And hey, look at that. It's a ProAnt antenna. Um, might be the same model, might be a slightly different one, but it's this kind of 3D antenna. It, it pops up and above um, the PCB. You can also see this antenna style used uh, here. Oh, look, it's another ProAnt antenna. This is on... Uh, the Pico ESP32, it's a dev board that we stock as well. And then what's this? Oh, look, uh, Espressif uses it on their uh, PCBs as well for their, their Pico board. So I was, you know, I've seen this, this bent metal antenna and I've kind of been like, what's the deal here? And so when I saw it come up on uh, INMPI, I was like, this is cool. I'm going to pick some up because I'm always working on Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, 2.4 gigahertz stuff. Um, and what's the cool thing about this antenna? Um, well, the cool thing about this antenna is it's got really great gain. It's really inexpensive. It's, you know, uh, you know, cents. It's definitely going to be less than like 30 cents or so. It comes on a tape and reel. Uh, it's really easy to pick in place. It's, it's fully metal, so you know it's going to reflow quite nicely. Um, it's got really nice um, uh, circular uh, emission. You know, it's off of the PCB, so you're going to get uh, more 3D gain across you know the, the entire sphere of emission um the gain is a max 4.9 dbi you know the the data sheet has more graphs um and it has less than uh sorry it has oh, do you mind making it a little larger because I, I oh yeah sorry the text is so small um it has better than 65 percent efficiency which is really great uh and less than a negative about 0.7 db uh return loss um, so if you compare that with your, you know, inverted F antenna, um, you know, you're going to get definitely more gain. You know, here, even the, the max gain is going to be 3.3 dBi, and the reflection is negative uh, 15 dB instead of negative 7. So, you know, yes, uh, nothing is going to beat for price a, a printed PCB antenna. But hey, you know, you can do better than that. Uh, get this, you know, 3D stamped antenna. Uh, pick and place it on your design. They're not very big. And, um, you know, I, I will say that I, I, when I see a lot of people using these antennas, I know there must be something good going on. So, you know, I know a lot of folks use ceramic antennas or 3D antennas, and sometimes your space requirements uh, dictate that. But if you have a little bit of space um, and, uh, you know, the height doesn't, doesn't bother you, especially if you have a, a tin can so that maybe the height would be equal uh, to the antenna height, um, check out these antennas. They, have, they seem to have really good performance, and I'm looking forward to designing one of these antennas into my next Wi-Fi or Bluetooth design. Um, there is a, uh, you know, there's a couple different versions. Um, I'll say this one is is this big. Um, this is in millimeters. Uh, it's got a couple of solder points. Um, it, you know, this I like that it has a couple multiple solder points, so it's nice and stable against the PCB. Um, but it looks like they designed a couple different types of these stamped you know, 3D antennas. Um, like I said, they're, they're pretty cheap. You buy them by the reel. Uh, this particular part is uh, Pro OB 607, but the entire Pro Ant, you know, they have many boards in the series or many antennas in the series, D you know, bigger sizes, you're gonna get more gain. 
maybe less return loss. So, you know, you, you figure out how big your antenna can be and uh, check out these antennas. They, they seem to be quite the pros at antennas. That's why they're called Pro Ant. Yeah, and you can get this over on DigiKey, digikey.com, for that short URL, 4FDZ8M42. And then for the product number, um, 1532 Pro OB607, and then there's a couple variations, like more said. Yeah. We also have a video. That's right. Okay. They had a, they have look, go subscribe to the Pro Ant YouTube channel. They only have like a couple dozen subscribers. Uh, you could be first to comment on their videos uh, when they do more videos. So check out this video from Pro uh, today. I want to introduce you to a demonstrator for the new Recom. Oops, sorry. I think I gave you the wrong link. Oh yeah. Oh, I apologize. Ending in here. <laughs> I apologize. That was last week's video. Um, Exciting. I will, uh, I'll send you the video in a bit and we'll, uh, yeah, well, when we add it to the, what we'll do is we'll stop this here and we'll, uh, for this segment. Yes. And then on the page that people are going to see this all the time, that's when we'll have that video in. Or they can just go to the YouTube, uh, youtube.com, search for Pro Ant and check out the video. It's the video they have on their page. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. And that's Ion MPI. Good job. Ion MPI. Okie dokie. Thank you, NWK. All right, for thank you for that. posting the video. Yeah. It's a, it's a lovely one minute video. Okay, All right, fantastic. let's uh, kick it off. Let's get a new products. New, 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 new. All right. All right. Okay. In stock now, we had it in um, the shop, but now it's actually available to purchase. We have the Raspberry Pi Compute I.O. board for the Raspberry Pi 4 uh, compute modules. Um, we have some compute modules, not the Wi-Fi ones in stock. I think we have like the two gigabyte MMC, no Wi-Fi uh, basic ones. Um, this IO board has everything. Real-time clocks, breakouts, multiple uh, USB ports, Ethernet, two HDMI. It's got like, like three camera connectors or something. It's got multiple display connectors. It's got a PCIe slot. I mean, like it's got everything. DC power jack. So if you're designing something with the... Uh, compute module, uh, the Compute Module 4 from Raspberry Pi, um, and you don't know what you need, use this design, figure out the minimal hardware that you need for your you know, final product, and then pair everything else away. Um, and you, know, you can basically use this as your development board for the Compute Module, which plugs right in. Let me grab my Compute Module. And I can even show it off on the overhead. Okay. So this is the compute module plugged in. Uh, so it's got these nice little sockets. So you can plug it in right here. Um, PCIe, uh, power supply, fan controller, uh, DC, I think this is probably up to 12 volts input, micro SD card, two USB, ethernet, two HDMI, real-time clock, uh, standard Raspberry Pi hat two by 20, two camera ports, two display ports, and then I think this is, yeah, the configuration jumper. So, yeah, especially the PCIe, that's kind of cool. I didn't even know that that, that was available. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Plug in whatever card you want under PCIe there. Okay. All right, so check it out. And uh, it doesn't come with a compute module, but we stock the compute modules. You plug them together. Um, next up, we have from We Actually, these are called like black pills because um, they're kind of like an upgrade of the blue pills. This is an STM32F. 411 chip. I think it has 512k of flash and then uh, 128k of RAM. 
Um, there's also a spot in the bottom for a Q-Spy flash, should you want to solder one in. Um, this has support in Arduino, through STM32 Arduino. Uh, there's some MicroPython um, port I found for it. It's linked in the product. And we also have CircuitPython support for it. It's got a couple buttons on it. Uh, bootloader button, reset button, user button, LED. It's kind of minimal, um, but it does have a lot of GPIO and it's a nice, powerful chip. So if you want to get going with STM32, especially in CircuitPython or MicroPython, where you really want like a Cortex-M4, you want like a good amount of memory, um, this uh, board will um, give you a lot of GPIO, the power stuff, USB-C, and you can kind of get going. So we don't make this, it's by WEACT, um, but if you look online for Black Pill, uh, STM32 F411, you can see lots of tutorials and projects people build with this board. Okay, next up. Next up, it's this mini PIR sensor, which I can also show on the overhead. So we have um, large PIR sensors uh, that have wires on them. This is a little cute PIR sensor. Uh, what's so good about it? Well, it plugs into a breadboard. It's kind of tiny and it's really simple. You just give it three to 12 volts on the power pin, ground pin, and then the output just toggles high for two seconds whenever uh, somebody walks by. It has about three to five meter distance, um, you know, but it can work much closer as well. Uh, you know, you wave your hand in front of it or a person walks by and it detects motion. So these are often used for, you know, um, um, automatic light turning on systems in bathrooms or, you know, um, motion detectors or intruder detectors. Uh, but a lot of people want projects where when a human walks by or maybe a large animal, it's detected. Um, so this PIR sensor will do the job. So let me zoom in. Um, okay, so you see there's a regulator here. Um, this, these are these three pins. You can see um, there's very small text. It's a negative sign for ground, O for output, VCC uh, positive. And then there's this little uh, lens over the actual PIR element and a regulator on the back. So yeah, you just give it uh, three or 12 volts and it's just, you plug into a breadboard. It's very easy to use. Um, you will have to have the pin read by a microcontroller. I tried to connect it up to like, like some PIRs they can drive like a relay or like an LED, but this output pin isn't very strong. So you'd want to read it from a microcontroller and then have that microcontroller or a transistor and then have that actually power a more high powered output. Okie dokie, next up, we got a bunch of wires. Yes, we've got pigtails. These are JST-XH pigtails. Let's talk about them all at once. We've got two pair pigtails. We've got three pair. You got three wires. And guess what comes after three? We've got four pair. And we've got five pair. And last but not least, six pair. So. Uh, you know, you want um, some nice chunky wires. These are really easy to plug and unplug. You get two halves, right? You get the socket and the plug um, with various pins. We also have these in like um, JST uh, SH, sorry, JST PH, and we also have these in uh, Pico Blade, which are very small. These are a little chunkier. Uh, they use 26 gauge wire. The connector itself can carry about three amps. Um, it, it's a nice chunky connector, so good when you need a little bit more uh, power or you want something that's a little, you know, less fiddly than the, the Pico blades. I'll show it on the overhead real fast. You can see one example, um, but they're all pretty much the same thing. Um, this one uh, is the three pin and there's a nice key here. So, uh, you know, you can't plug it in backwards. Ooh, that's nice. Can only go in one way. 
and it has a nice little locking action. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's solid against pulling, but then when you really want to, it's uh, it's friction lock. Um, uh, so uh, each one, sorry, each connector half is 2.5 millimeter pitch. It's not quite one inch, 0.1 inch. It's like a little bit less, right? It's 2.5 millimeter, not 2.54. That said, you can pretty much fit this into something that has uh, 0.1 inch pitch, you know, especially the two, three and four pin. Once you get to five and six, it's a little bit fiddlier, but because, um, you know, the, the tolerance does add up, but it's close to ish uh, 0.1 inch. And so you can, if you really want to, you know, plug uh, this side into header, uh, you can kind of get away with this, like this PIR sensor. It's like, well, you know, it works just fine, even though technically um, it's a little bit different. So uh, JCXH pigtails in multiple sizes. Um, I love having these pigtails because I see people try to crimp their own connectors. And if you're really good at crimping, uh, you can of course make any connector you could ever want. But if you're like me, uh, you sometimes don't want to crimp. You just want the cable and you solder the ends to whatever you want and you're good to go. Okay, and to start tonight, besides you, Lady the community, our customers, our team, is what we were talking about before is the Feather RP2040. Woohoo, if you're watching this live, you might even have some in stock. That's right, the Feather RP2040. We got those chips in uh, last week late, and then on Monday, uh, we got the PCBs, and we ran them. We did a small run, and we'll be doing more. Okay, so let's stop here so I can point out all the things we got going on. So it is a feather. It's feather-shaped, uh, 2 inches by 0.9 inches, USB-C connector. Uh, a lot of our newer feathers have USB-C. It's got the standard GST battery connector. It's got battery charging built in. Uh, there's two buttons. On the left, there's a reset button. On the very right, there's a boot select button. Uh, for those who've played with the RP2040, you know that you have to press the boot select button while resetting or powering up to go into the UFT bootloader. Uh, so that's a great way to easily load code onto it. Um, you don't need any special DFU utils or a special SWD programmer. But speaking of SWD programmer, there is an SWD header in the middle. It's not populated. Why? Because we wanted to keep this feather nice and slim. A lot of people like to kind of like make slim feather packages and the, the SWD header would make it uh, kind of extra tall. So we left it out. That said, uh, we sell the connectors to like a dollar. You can buy them digikey, a couple cents. Um, solder on the SWD connector should you wish to um, connect this up to a debugger like your J-Link or whatnot and uh, use the debugger tools. Not a lot of people use the debugger, so again, it's, it's an optional thing. Uh, there's an onboard NeoPixel uh, that you can control. It's connected to uh, one of the pins that isn't brought out. Uh, in CircuitPython, we use it to notify you about your uh, program status, but use it for whatever you like. Uh, there's a crystal and, of course, the RP2040 chip, right? This, this cool dual Cortex M0 runs about 125 megahertz. Um, it's got 264K of RAM in it, which is wonderful. Um, and because it has RAM but not flash, if you look on the very right-hand side, kind of between the chip and the boot select button, there is a QSPY flash chip. That's the execute in place flash. It's 8 megabytes. Um, it's really chunky because it's going to be shared with your CircuitPython or MicroPython code, as well as the firmware running on the RP2040 itself. So for CircuitPython, at least we take about a megabyte and then you have seven megabytes left for all the files and fonts and libraries and images and animations, audio, whatever you have, you stick it on that disk drive. So you have seven megabytes left over, which is a good amount. Um, if you're wondering why eight, you can watch last week's Desk of Lady Ada and uh, I'll tell you the secret, which is it was a thing that worked. Um, and then last but not least, there's a STEMIQT connector. So you can quickly 
connect all sorts of sensors and devices, OLEDs and such. Into the end, uh, we even have a Grove adapter cable. So if you have Grove I2C sensors, plug those in as well. Um, the idea is to make it super easy for people to get started with CircuitPython on the RP2040. And speaking of, I, you know, I have some Feather projects I thought I would, I would show off. Yeah. Maybe on the overhead. So starting with, let's see which, which demos work. It's always the, the joy. Okay, so this one. And you decided, hey, I've got this feather on a new chip. Why don't I? Let's connect it to a feather wing. Why don't I see how it works? Yeah. Make sure everything still works. Pretty much. That's how that's how the sausage is made. So here I've got the RP2040, and here is the 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 Feather M4 RGB feather wing. Right. So this is for RGB matrix displays, um, as seen on the matrix portal. People love these. You know, they're they're used in pixel purses. They come in all sorts of sizes, and it's a really easy way to add tons of LEDs to a project. And I just have it um, on a doubler, so they're just connected side by side, so you can see both of them. Um, and then when I power this with five volts, this will power up. And then the matrix, I'm going to, you know, this is connected to this matrix, which I'm going to move out of the way. Oh, goodness. I'm having a day. Oh, goodness. How do I get back? I'm like running Android on this thing. Nope, that didn't work. Do you know the magic? Well. I do not know what I pressed. Thank you. Um, okay. Sorry. So um, this, hi, live demo. Uh, so the RGB feather wing is connected up to this matrix and to running this little animation, um, which is uh, taking um, icons from a bitmap and then like swirling them around in CircuitPython. It's just an easy demo to show uh, quick animations of, uh, of icono iconography and, and bitmaps on um, RGB Featherwing. Uh, so that just shows like, you know, you can plug and play existing Featherwings onto your RP2040 Feather. Um, the next demo I have, I got two demos going, is I took this um, RP2040 Feather, this time I'll be very careful not to press any buttons, um, so this is the RP2040 feather here, and I plugged it into an airlift feather wing. So this adds an ESP32 as a, a Wi-Fi coprocessor. And then I plugged this into a TFT feather wing. So again, it's all feather wings all the way down. Uh, powered this off of a battery, and then plugged in a temperature and humidity sensor. And then over here, um, I've got, uh, it's connecting over Wi-Fi and sending the data to Adafruit IL. So like this was a, um, hold on, let me get real close. Oh. Um, so connecting to Adafruit IO and then sending the data over Wi-Fi uh, through the request library through HTTPS um, securely to Adafruit IO for data logging. So again, it's all kind of plug and play. You plug in the Wi-Fi Featherwing on the top, it uses the standard ESP32 SPI library we wrote for CircuitPython. Plug into a TFT feather wing, so now you've got your console, um, with the cute little Blinka in the corner, um, displaying so you can you know, easily see what your CircuitPython board is doing. And then finally, uh, plug and play sensors, and then run one of our 300 plus libraries to get that temperature and humidity data 
and um, send it online. And then you can see over here. So you can friend. do IoT projects with the RP2040 right now. That's right. It's going to use CircuitPython. Mm -hmm. So CircuitPython works. So you can see the temperature and humidity. And if I breathe on this, you should see the humidity pop up and the temperature pop up. Assuming I didn't break it. There you go. So humidity from my breath, uh, two or three seconds later, gets uploaded to I/O, And so you can get like instant... IoT projects uh, with the RP2040 Feather using the existing Feather ecosystem, which is awesome. Um, you know, I put these demos together um, in only a few seconds, a few seconds, a few minutes um, before the show. Um, you know, just by plugging in the existing parts we have and running the example code that we already have. Um, All right. Well, we only feathers. have 40 left in stock, so um, they'll probably be gone shortly. I know. Okay. So here's my live demos. All right, um, we're going to do a uh, top secret, and then I got some questions lined up. Okay. Let's see. From the Adafruit Vault. So I've got this cute little board that I designed. This is called the Neo Trinky, and um, this is a uh, SAMD21, and it's on like a little USB stick with four NeoPixel LEDs and then two capacitive touchpads on the end here. I was really inspired by like the FOMU and the TOMU and the other uh, USB, um, the other USB um, uh, plug-in FPGA boards. Uh, so you can see like this button makes it brighter and then this button changes the color um, with the capacitive touch on the end. So like trying to make the lowest cost uh, little CircuitPython compatible board um, uh, using the SAMD21, which doesn't require a lot of parts. So it's like very simple and small and it even has a little keychain hole. So you can like put on your keychain, like CircuitPython anywhere you go. Okay. And that's, uh, that's the top secret. So it's we'll, secret. Uh, we're going to go right to questions. Yes. Um, some folks posted them up. I'm going to get to those uh, discord and the ones that were in other places I can see. We do that over on, Discord or fruit.it slash discord. Here is your URL if you need it. Okay. Okay, so questions are lined up. First up, um, the feather footprint in the 8 for Eagle libraries are useful. Could we get those for the cutie pie, trinket, itsy bitsy, etc.? Mm, that's a good idea. Um, I don't have one, but I know you can definitely use fritzing because I made sure that the fritzing objects were PCB friendly. So if you want to make a quick uh, PCB with those parts, check out Fritzing. Okay. Uh, next up, how do you... Oh, uh, speaking of vision, have you seen any fruit, Adafruit hardware in WandaVision yet? So probably they had some... They probably do, but we don't know. Yeah, so they have some electronics in the back that other, the other um, film productions... It's all like, you know, when, you're, when you see like neopixely like things or if you make them for a yeah. living... Um, you kind of can spot some of the stuff. And then later on, people will, you know, take photos of close-ups, especially when the um, on-demands that they can pause and go to specific areas. Like, our stuff is in the um, Mandalorian, which is... Which we didn't find out till afterwards when they is, did, like, a, like, oh, here's, like, the behind-the-scenes. Yeah, the scenes. which is part of this entire experience streaming yeah. app. So I'm sure there's some in We're there. We're in the app. <laughs> I'm sure there's some in there. Yeah. Um, 
How do you use the extra two megabytes of RAM on the Cutie Pie on the back if you're using Arduino as a manual? Is there a setting in the IDE? You have to do it manually. Like it doesn't show up automatically, but we have the SPI Flash library, um, which allows you to read and write to it. And then if you're on the Cutie Pie, you can use um, TV USB and have it show up as a disk drive. So like you can, you know, I, I've definitely used the SPI Flash on SAMD21 boards in Arduino to store files um, and, you know, to store images especially so I can do like an image slideshow and the images are living on the SPI Flash. But you have to, you have to code it. It's, okay. it's Arduino, so it's has to be coded. Next up, uh, with the mini PIR, do you know what the maximum milliamps it can provide? Not a lot. Again, it's it's the signal output. It's like it seems it I, I connected up to an LED and it was not super happy. It could light it up, but I'd say maybe one or two milliamp output. Okay. What is one bit ADC? Um, a one bit ADC is um, well. It could be like a a, a PWM comparator. I mean, like I don't I, I don't know what in particular you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but there are, if you look at how, you know, PDM microphones work, for example, um, they are a one bit output that encodes a digital input, but you have to heavily filter it. Um, and, and PDM is the encoding method. And you, you can look at like, um, white papers about how PDM microphones are made. And it's actually kind of interesting. Like you charge up a capacitor until the comparator with the analog input like toggles and then um, it switches the output to high or low. And like, if you do that at like a megahertz or so, um, you can kind of get this like pulse width modulation-ish output that encodes the analog input. Is it better than like successive approximation? I mean, there's there's pros and cons. Um, one bit ADCs are, are cheap. That's why they're in PDM mics. Uh, and they're very simple to implement. Um, they're one of the simplest ones. You don't need any extra circuitry, really. It's like a very uh, basic way of encoding analog input. Okay. Next question. Uh, how many of the CircuitPython libraries will need tweaking to native code for the RP2040? I mean, well, like two. Two, sorry. I lied. So NeoPixel's already been ported. NeoPixel's already been... Uh, the underlying NeoPixel write is, is already been... Um, ported over to the RP2040. And I think Pulse In had to be implemented natively. Um, but but I think only like the DHT library and maybe infrared LED stuff are the only two things that aren't currently working. Um, I2C is, is, you know, we're still poking at some bugs in it, but that works. SPI works as you saw, like I had, you know, TFT display and ESP uh, module all running on SPI. Um, and one wire works because I tried one wire. Uh, so yeah, but I'm, pretty much everything should just work. If it doesn't, open up an issue. Okay. But I think we got like almost everything. Capacitive touch works. We got that going. Um, how many RP2040s do we have right when we put in drop in stock? I think we put over a hundred. A little bit more yeah. than a hundred. Yeah, we have about twenty six now, okay. uh, or less. Um, next it will um, sell out before the end of the night. Some so. kudos for CircuitPython. CircuitPython, yeah. let me test my board. Um, I designed in literally five minutes to see what was wrong with it. Um, I noticed that the CP2104 is flagged as not recommended for new designs, if I recall correctly, is part of some feather boards. Maybe I'm just like the party curious if you already adopted a replacement. No, I mean, there is, this is the, 20, the CP2102, I think, is the replacement. But you'd be surprised. Just because something is not recommended for new designs, 
you can still get it for many years. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um, we do use it in a couple of designs. Look, when it's when it's completely gone, I will we we spin the boards and and goody for us. But I I found that it's good to know about things that are being updated, but not to stress out about them too quickly. You'd be surprised how long that they're available in the market for. Okay. Um, what project scenarios would you recommend, like the Feather 2040 versus an M4 or M0? Well, it's inexpensive, uh, so that's really nice. If you want to use this PIO stuff, that's really cool. I mean, it's got basically the price of, a, of an M0, but close to the power of an M4, right? So it's nice in the middle. That said, there's a couple of things it's, it doesn't have. Um, it doesn't have a DAC, right? So if you really want something with a DAC, you're missing it. If you need something that has heavy floating point support, it's still an M0. It's not an M4. It doesn't have a floating point unit. Um, so, you know, there are some things that it's definitely not going to be. It's going to be, I think, in, in many ways better than um, just a plain M0. But there's still a lot of reasons why you might want an M4 or like an ESP32-S2 or an nrf 52840 for wireless. Okay. Um, any plans to bump the flash eight megabytes on the Cutie Pie, like you did for the Feather? We're gonna we're gonna look if I can fit a larger flash chip because it's a physically larger chip. But um, I want to try to do a revision. Okay. So I want to know um, what NeoPixels were used for in the Mandalorian. We posted up. It's eight for NeoPixels. It was used to power the Razor Crest. Yeah, and that's thanks, the thing that goes whoosh. Yeah. Thanks it for makes a go. Chat. Got twenty two of these left. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, the Feather RP2040 on GitHub has a RevB. Were, were the changes anything critical? Uh, we posted RevC. You can compare the schematics uh, take a look at them. We moved a couple pins around. Uh, nothing a big deal, but if, you had, if, you, if you're one of the people who decided to make a RevB, you're really on your own. Uh, it was not published uh, for people to make and expect support. Um, we do not support the RevB. We're only supporting the RevC. Okay. Um, are there PCB files for the ESP32-S2 Mini based on the TFT Feather available or on... It's, it's not finished because it's not finished. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been able to get the modules, so I will release the PCB files when the hardware is released. Uh, we usually do it like within the next the few couple days. Um, reason being, I still have to, I, I have to get the final modules, right? I only have engineering samples that I don't want. I don't want to release something that I don't know will work with the final modules. Okay. Um, next up, uh, are the feathers generally pin compatible? Yes. They, they tend to be. Uh, there's a few exceptions, like the ESP8266 feather is, is very limited, but almost all feathers are, are very similar in compatibility. I, I, I stick the peripheral pins in the same place and the analog pins in the same place. Okay. Uh, can you update an ESP32 to work as a UF2? No, the ESP32 does not have native USB. Okay. And we're down to 18. Dude, well, when it's done, we have to t t end the show. Yeah, well, we're going to... We're gonna show Okay, I think I got to all the questions in different chats. Okay. That's it. Let me make sure. Do, 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 do. Yes, we did. Okay. All right. Um, all right, oh, sweet. There was a question about the uh, the pricing hasn't been posted for the Picos by uh, or the RP twenty forties by the Pi Foundation. Correct. Yet. We don't okay. we don't know that. Well, we. The price of the RP2040 chip is not public. We will not, we cannot divulge any information we may or may not have. No yeah, comment. I don't think they publicly, <laughs> I don't think they publicly posted the price list yet. That's so. correct. It's not been published. So um, we don't have any information. You, you might be able to sort of evoke what the price might be based on how we price our products and other people price their products. However, uh, it is not, it's not public. And only the Pi Foundation can answer it. 
If you ask us, we will tell you to ask them. Yeah, generally, um, until I see it on their website or yeah. publicly, um, you know, we've, we've been able to work on this before it came out. And that worked out really well. No one leaked or no one did anything. So for Priceless, also, like, then you get into, like, volumes and resellers and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So since, um, from what I can tell, because uh, Pimeroni has a board, Aidford has a board, Sparkfin has a board, Adreno has a board, their plan is to have a lot of people make boards with this. Yeah. So it'll probably be published any moment. A couple months. Yeah. Okay. A couple months. Next up. Uh, yeah, also, um, I think, Scarissa, I think when you, um, if you need chips, I think they have been sending out samples to folks. Yes, but here's a hint. Be nice. Yeah. You'll, you'll get more <laughs> samples with honey than yeah. with vinegar. So I think the Raspberry Pi folks in Evan were um, sending some samples out to folks. And yeah. Nice folks. Yeah. Um, and then follow up. Keep an eye on DigiKey sites for RP2040 pricing. Yeah, that's probably. probably they'll probably it. stock them like yeah. they do other chips. And uh, we'll do one more. This. Adafruit board to get started with, I would say Circuit Playground Express. Nothing beats a Circuit Playground Express, man. It's got so many projects. It's so yeah. easy. Uh, whether you've ever coded before or you're an expert, you can run free RTOS on it oh. or make code. I'll do two more. Is there an Arduino core yet? No, they did a blog post. It's on their website. They said they're working on it. Again, we have no information. But here's my guess. Ask Arduino. My guess <laughs> is um, they have Arduino Day coming up at the end of March, so they're probably going to announce it then. Maybe, that'd be, that'd be maybe it'll be, there is a new there is an updated IDE, um, but it doesn't have anything to do with this. No, but it maybe that's it's a, a preview hint. Okay, uh, how long does it take to average to spin up a board on the pick and place? Uh, two to three hours, I guess. Yeah. It depends on the complexity of the board. Okay, so I got to the last round of questions. Sweet, cool. All right, well that's it for our questions. All right, thank, thank you, you everybody. Woo, it's a jam packed show. Yeah, special everything. thanks to let me make sure I find the folks that are here. Um, I see Kelly is in um, our behind-the-scenes chat, but I also saw Jesse May earlier. Hey, so. Jesse May and Kelly. Anyways, either one of you, if you're here. Hi. Thank Hi. you. Hi. And um, special thanks to everyone in our chats. Yes. Community. Folks that are posting, posting links and more. People posting projects, and, people helping um, others. Also, you probably have a little bit of time if you want to get one of these feathers. You act now. Although, again, we will, we will be making many, many, many. This is just our first run. Yeah. We don't do a lot for our first run. It's 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 the right way to go, just in case something is amiss, because uh, we want to get it through the entire testing uh, cycle. We've learned a couple things also, um, and so we will be manufacturing more probably this week or next week. And so don't don't worry if you don't get one. Sign up, and uh, believe me, we will get through all of them. Yeah. All right. And with that, that is our show for tonight, everybody. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for placing orders and more, and thanks for sharing and making code and doing show and tells. And keeping this going for the last year together, we'll continue to go forward, share, and more. Thanks, everybody. That's our show. Here is Ramon Wiener.